We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Get This Y'all 100th episode of the Run ATL Podcast. I am Mike Cosentino. It is indeed, after all this time, just as much today as it has ever been my extreme good fortune to do two things, serve as a co-host on this podcast, and to introduce you once again to your friend and mine, D2, Dolomite Dave Martinez. Happy century ride, my friend. Happy century. And, and not only that, um, I think now combined between the both of us, we are over 100 years old. Wow, that is true. We have over 100 years of life experience and now 100 episodes of podcast experience. Although we were talking before firing up the mark, Mike, I actually have 98 episodes, given the fact that you went solo on two of them. You've been involved with all 100. So I think the kudos and the congratulations even deeper in your direction. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm part of the intro and the outro um, on every episode, but and you all are the editing and all the editing, but you are 100% in 98 of the episodes as far as the interview. You do all the prep work, you do the actual interview, you do the heavy lifting in that. Well, I don't know if it's heavy lifting. It's probably true that nobody has spoken for more minutes than I have. I don't know if that's a distinction or a degradation to the broadcast, but either way, that is probably true. We are going to hearken back, though. To episode number one, I am really looking forward to this. We're going to have some fun. I think y'all will as well. D2, this is going to be fun. Episode number one, for those of you who have not gone that far back in the archives, it was just you and I before some of the big time, sexy, very thought-provoking interviews. You and I had things that we just needed to talk about, maybe even get off our chest a little bit, and a way to stay connected with this lifestyle that we love so much. We're going back there this time around. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, you know, we started as a little bit of an experiment, you know, content marketing and producing a podcast. And we're like, well, we, we, we think we could do that, you know, and, and uh, you know, now everyone has a podcast, you know, it doesn't matter what subject, what, you know, whatever. And we didn't know what the level of interest and we didn't know how long it was going to last. But, you know, we've got people that are listening and, you know, we've had some recent episodes that have gotten some, you know, significant amount of play, which is great. Um, and there have been times where it was like, you know, we had much higher audiences than we've had, you know, even in some episodes. So it's like, you you know, you can watch it go up and you can watch it go down. And there's times where I don't even watch it and, you know, look at the numbers and just go, let's just keep going at it. As long as people are listening, it doesn't matter how many. Um, we'll just keep at it. Well, and here's one theme that will come through again and again. And to that point, D2, and for all of our listeners, whether this is your first time or whether you've tuned in many times, thank you so very much. D2 is right. This came out of an annual planning exercise a number of years ago now where podcasts were a little bit more niche than what they are today. And we said we should give it a shot. I will tell you, D2, and this is where you deserve a ton of credit, 100 episodes, that is really rare. There are a lot of podcasts, perhaps every month, that are initiated. Very, very few from my research and from what I hear, and I believe both of us read, do they have that consistency? Do they stick with it? And after a few episodes, do they have any likelihood of making 100? That's pretty exceptional. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, you and I hold each other accountable. 
You know, it's one of those things where we said from the very beginning, it's like, what is a reasonable cadence? You know, is it every week? Is it once a month? And we decided, well, you know, every week is a little too much for our schedules. Every month seems like it, you know, 12 episodes a year just seems like it's like we're not really putting in the work. So, you know, let's do it every two weeks and let's see how it goes. And we've stick, we, you know, we've stuck to that. Um, we've held each other accountable. We've, you know, consistently have said, Hey, you know, what's our, you know, when, where, where are we at? Who do we have booked? What, you know, what's coming up? And, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, we got, we got to schedule something. We got to tape something. We, when, when are we doing this? And, you know, we hold each other accountable because we promised that this is what we were going to do. And I think, you know, like anything else, whether, and this goes back to, you know, just, you know, whether you're running and you're, you know, training for something, you know, working out with someone else and holding each other accountable is what gets you to that goal of saying, this is something we're going to commit to. It's very easy as one person to say, well, it didn't quite work, or I don't feel like it, or I didn't forgot to book a guest this week. We just won't do it. And, and that's why I think what ends up happening with a lot of podcasts or with any really go- any goal that you set out, if you don't have that accountability, that they do tend to kind of disappear and you stop doing it. So true. Accountability and consistency, it matters. There are life lessons in that that have carried over to this. So here's what we're going to do alongside thanking you for being part of this journey that has been so much fun. In fact, in full disclosure, we are taping late in the evening this episode by design after many have shut down their laptops for the day, closed out their workday. We are here so that we can enjoy a cold beverage that we tend to favor at this hour. Certainly a celebration not going to do the un-COVID thing of putting my can next to D2s from a socially distant, I'm raising it in your direction, my friend. We are both now raising it in your direction. That is to all of you who have been part of this journey. We said we were going to harken back to episode number one. For those of you who have not listened to it, my goodness, go back and do us that favor. Then look at all of those featured conversations we've had. We've had some amazing conversations, certainly some unbelievable guests for a local market podcast. It has been good fun. But now what we have to acknowledge, what you already know, what we're going to ask of you is we're going to ask some questions of each other. We're going to take a journey back into this most exceptional year. We would say to you right now, do the same. Don't be afraid after you hear a question to hit pause and answer it in your own mind or perhaps even with others who you may see sometime in the very near future. How you might answer that question or after you hear our answers. Don't be afraid to send us some kind of note. Maybe you fully agree with us. Maybe you take exception to something that we've said or something that we elected to do as an organization or as individuals or perhaps in this lifestyle. We're going to touch on those topics that were headlines of 2020 as we look back. We had no idea when we started this that our 100th episode would coincide with the end of 2020, the most extraordinary year that most of us could ever have imagined, let alone lived through. And now as we look across the bow, as we look into 2021, yes, episode 101 for us will be in that new year with so much promise. We'll do a little bit of a peek into what we believe next year will be. But as we go to this first break, already prime yourself for a look back to all that has been in 2020 and give yourself the gift of making sure that what you've experienced, what you've thought, quite frankly, what you have made it through, 
makes a difference for you and others in the future. That's what we want to do with you. And we'll begin immediately after this very brief message. It's winter and that spring half marathon or marathon will be here before you know it. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across the finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Purchase 10 or more individual packets and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Clubs and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings up to 25% off. Come into any Big Peach Running Company location and stock up so you're ready for those long runs. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast, the 100th episode of the Run ATL Podcast. Before we left y'all for a break, we indicated what we're going to do, D2, because I get the mic first coming back from a break. That means you, my friend, get the first question that I have, and that is this. We're asking it as an organization. You knew this one was coming. The only question that I have primed and prepped for you, this is the one that you knew what was coming. Here's how it goes. And I want y'all, like I said earlier, to give this some thought yourself, perhaps discuss it with friends and loved ones. What is it that has transpired this year that you now know is just part of who you are that you never want to forget? Well, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's had a tough year and, um, you know, for us with, you know, COVID and when everything got shut down, you know, professionally, you know, meant us changing some things and, and restructuring things. And for me, it was one of those things that I really didn't know how much it would impact me. Because I'm, I'm on the marketing side. I'm not inside the stores. Well, it started slow, right? I mean, we had no idea it was going to be like this. I mean, at the Olympic trials, and we've had this conversation, a few of our suppliers were just kind of discussing, wow, I'm not going to be able to travel to China. So the fact that they could not make that trip over there, we didn't think that was going to have any real bearing on us. Man, little did we know. Well, yeah, I mean, we we started kind of hearing about, you know, COVID and, you know, in China, sort of kind of January, you know, wish maybe end of January. And then we was like, well, is that going to impact us or not? And I think we went into the marathon trials thinking like, well, is that going to affect us? Is it not? Are we on? Are we not? And it still had not the level of 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 the news and the information not reached a, you know, to it to be critical you know, to the point where we were shutting anything down. Uh, the, uh, you know, Olympic trials went on, you know, without a hitch. I think we were in the back of my mind. I was like, well, is this really real? Is this really going to impact us or is this just going to stay overseas? And there's a part of me that's like, well, let's hope it just stays overseas and never, you know, comes over to the U S and it was great. And we had, you know, a, a great time in the Olympic trials. It was a phenomenal time with you know, the experience that we had and, you know, having, you know, um, you know, you know, the, the, the folks with Saucony to partner up with and having Jared Ward that, you know, and Molly Huddle that not only did we get to have on the podcast, but we actually had in store and then, um, you know, also had Molly Seidel who came in uh, second at the, um, you know, the Women's Olympic Marathon Trials. And to have all that happen, I mean, we were just on a, you know, on a high coming out of that. It, it you was know. unbelievable. I mean, I'll give you just a quick anecdote as, you know, the founder back in 2004, we were happy when anybody came through my 
door with me, the only person on the floor, to think at that moment, even just for those few moments when the runners were going by our Midtown store, the door was open and you could see all the people standing out front, what had kind of transpired in 16 years since Big Peach Running Company was incepted. It was like, wow, this community is unbelievable the way they're supporting this sport. And to your point, then things change just almost overnight. Right. I mean, and, and, and just to follow up on that, I mean, the, the thing, you know, what Atlanta did for that weekend. Unbelievable. It, it truly is unbelievable. And there's even recently conversations on Twitter and, and they're talking about future, you know, uh, Olympic marathon trials and what should be the expectations and, and what should go in the planning. And of course, you know, the fact that, to a certain extent, I mean, the Atlanta Track Club took a, a, a you know huge risk and even I think took a financial hit because of the amount of work and uh, and they did not get any uh, I guess financial benefits from the sponsorship that you know, is associated with the Olympic trials. This is that's was all completely USOC. yeah that's all USOC. What the Track Club did was completely separate, so they didn't get sponsorship dollars from you know any you know let's say Coca Cola and Nike that typically is associated with the Olympics. You know, and they paid for um, all of the um, those that qualified to attend and fly them out there and, and host them here in Atlanta. And that made a huge impact going forward, not to mention the crowds. So that even recently through social media and Twitter, when there was discussion about, you know, future Olympics, Atlanta is being held as the benchmark as to what we should be doing, what, you know, what is a standard for that type of event. And people felt, you know, strongly that it was, it was just a phenomenal event that there should be more of it, more of that caliber of, um, involvement in this, in a city, in the enthusiasm and the spectators, because that's what the athletes remember more than anything. Um, and those that have competed previously at, uh, at, uh, Olympic marathon trials is the, spectators that are out were out in mass droves that was just deafening um you know cheers and 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 the crowd that was out there that it was that's something they will never forget and i'm i'm proud that we were there i'm proud that atlanta came out and represented and we set a high standard going forward for wherever the next marathon trial will be held at um but that's still being talked about now you know you know what now you know nine months later you know as maybe a highlight for many and for sure for good reason. And then we take that weekend not only for the Olympic marathon trials, but for ourselves, for all of those who ran in that Publix Georgia half and full marathon. You and I both were part of that participant roster, many, many others, I'm sure many of our listeners. And it was just a special weekend. And yet we had no idea what was going to unfold next. We were just on a high. I remember being in our Midtown store on Sunday afternoon. We mm -hmm. were super busy, perhaps even more busy than we had anticipated based on our staffing levels. I ended up working with guests literally until well oh, after yeah. we were officially closed. We had a number of suppliers in town. You already mentioned the good fortune we had of working with Saucony over that weekend for our VIP party, for some of the other things that we had a chance to do. And yet everybody stopped by our store in Midtown. Everybody wanted to connect with Big Peach Running Company. Everybody wanted to be just in that special atmosphere that Atlanta and all of perhaps our listeners were part of creating. And then Monday, and it's like the end of wedding weekend. It's like the end of something you've been looking forward to for a long time. It's like getting off the cruise ship. Everybody else has gone home and now we just have the experience to relive and a little bit of cleaning up to do. 
but you know, it's it it just shows you how quickly things turn around because <laughs> you and I were in Midtown, you know, that Sunday. And we had recorded a podcast. Yes, I remember that. That never aired because we were talking to uh, a gentleman. Jake. Yep, Jake. And we not were from t- State Farm. No, no, not Jake from State Farm. <laughs> um, but another gentleman who we were going to talk about various different things about leadership and, and things of, of working towards. But he had an event that was scheduled for the summer. Um, you know, that was going to be kind of like this. You know, elite type of uh, program, but for everyday. You know anyone that you know that had an interest in running, going out to a training type camp, and it was going to be like this elite level experience with housing, you know, in Oregon, all this stuff. It never aired because you just that's, remind me, this is our hundred first episode. It's just the hundredth that's actually you're right. gone to market. You're right, and um, it never aired because everything got canceled. That's right. And the episode, you know, it was like we couldn't air it because we were talking about this event that was going to happen in July that we were sort of kind of helping to promote that was part of the overall podcast and the overall interview. And we just couldn't, we couldn't. We kept stringing it out. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And then it eventually got canceled. And it got canceled. Um, So, and, but it happened very quickly. So it was one of those things that, you know, I think it was 15 days after the uh, Olympic trials where everything started shutting down. We, we got, you know, city of Atlanta, you know, had a shelter in place. Uh, you know, I think then it was the city of Decatur and then it became a statewide, you know, shelter in place. And it all happened with a matter of like 15, 16, maybe less than 20 days. It all kind of came to a, to a, to a halt. That is true. And you mentioned those, those orders that came from different municipalities. And one of the things that has been asked of me quite frequently, went late through this entire year, but especially as we were going through that is, you know, what's it been like in order to determine whether your storage should be open or should be closed? And candidly speaking, in that instance, ultimately, we just needed to behave as a system, as, as a unified brand. And when we made our decision to ultimately close all of our stores, we had certain stores that were not in municipalities that that was required. But as you know, D2, it just made it much easier for us. We were almost, if you were looking at it just, you know, by the numbers, getting picked off one by one, where it's like, now this store is required to be closed. Right. Two days later, another store is required to be closed. Then we're getting conversations about which stores are open, and it's changing literally by the hour, certainly by the day. And eventually we made that decision that we're just better off behaving as Big Peach running company and not just Big Peach Midtown Big Peach Kennesaw or any individual store. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's when we started having, you know, daily um, calls, you know, and we started going to daily go-to meeting calls, you know, I think much like so many others that have, have had, you know, you know, video conferencing calls that has become a large part of their day, we started having them as well. Now, luckily that didn't last too long. I don't remember the exact time frame, but I think it was maybe only a couple months where we, where we did that. And then we said, well, we're returning back to normal when we were able to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things that as a business, I, you know, we, like I said, when things shut down and they're talking shelter in place and what are our options and things, you know, we started looking at like, wow, what's the best way to serve our guests? If they can't come in the store, because a we're not open, because at the time, and it's hard to believe that we were not considered essential business when bike shops were considered essential business. You know, it's like, well, how are we different than a, a bike shop? 
And, you know, we couldn't make that distinction. You know, uh, I mean, maybe if we went to lawmakers and, you know, and and representatives and things like that, then maybe we could have made that change. I know that there's other people in other markets that maybe were able to do that. But Atlanta being as big as it is, as opposed to a smaller, you know, um, you know, municipality that you would have uh, better connections or better access to, we, you know, city of Atlanta is just too big for us to reach out to you know, a state representative or, uh, you know, even a senator or something to say, hey, what can we do? Change the rules so that we can be essential business. Um, and at the same time, it also f- felt, I think, kind of weird to even go in there and says, well, put us in the front, front of the line. Let's make us different, make, make us special so we can survive as a business. Um, so there was that part of it as well. And so we had to adjust and, and adapt. And I think that's where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, stores are closed down. You know, we have an online fulfillment. We were taking calls over the phone to fulfill orders. Um, we started going to a virtual fit. And it's something that we didn't, we were not set up to do. It's not something we were offering previously. We were offering it now. Um, same thing with curbside, um, you know, service. And it was one of those things like, okay, well, how do we adapt? How do we change? And, you know, our website isn't set up for that. Our system isn't set up for this. What can we do? And that's where I kind of came in, sort of kind of, I'm like, you know, the jack of all trades, a master of none. It's like, well, I know a little bit of this. I knew a little bit of that. I can figure this out. I can figure that out and kind of, you know, piece everything together and, you know, kind of, you know, managing our website, being sort of kind of like the IT guy, being the marketing guy and putting everything together and your graphics and everything else and creating a virtual fitting, um, you know, system of scheduling appointments through video conferencing and go to meeting and researching what's the best platform. And, you know, you know, at the time it's like, well, is Zoom the way to go? But Zoom's getting hacked and it's like, they're getting all this other stuff. We don't want that. Let's try this you know, option. Let's try that option. So there's a lot of that stress of like, well, what's the right decision? What's the right platform? So you finally just dive in and you just say, well, let's just go with it. Um, and that was a very stressful time for me simply because, you know, going forward, that was all sort of kind of on my shoulders as to what was going to happen, what that next step was as far as level of service and how we were going to best serve, you know, those that shop with us or those that were that wanted to shop um, because they had changed, um, you know, were working from home and they were now exercising more or they were running, whatever it was, what was the best way to serve them? And at the same time, for us to stay afloat as a business so that we could survive however long, because we did not know how long this was going to, you know, uh, you know, take place. So there's that part of it. So, you know, there are a lot of times there where, you know, I think I didn't sleep much. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night with ideas or things like, is this the right way to do it? And could I do it differently? Um, and there was a lot of times where I would wake up in the morning and get right to work. It's like, oh, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And that goes back to your original question. What are things that I learned, things that I you know, could go forward? And I think that's, for me, that was one of those things that I kind of came from is, is that I need to take care of myself because I was feeling stressed. I, I think I was getting, getting irritable and luckily I was at home. So there wasn't anyone else around to be irritated at, but I was just irritated at everything around me that was going on with the pandemic and then just, you know, everything's being shut down and, you know, the lack of finding toilet paper or cleaning supplies and things like that, that, you know, just made things, you know, everything around just more uh, irritating. So for me, you know, going back to your original question, I think it was more like, 
I need to take care of myself. I need to find time to take care of me. I need time to make sure that I get my run in. I need to make sure that I, that I do those things that are going to help me start my day um, on the right foot um, to give me that mental clarity, that little bit of sanity, um, and that maybe that way of going out for a run and saying, okay, well, this is how I'm going to plan my day. This is how I'm going to get things done. Or maybe that's my, my time to, I'm, I'm just going to listen to music and just block the rest of the world out because there's so much coming from news, from social media, from our, our, you know, virtual calls and the business and everything else that was just so consuming that for me, that, that, you know, 45 to 50 minutes that I was out on a run and not having to think about it, that's all I needed. And once I was able to do that, I'm like, okay, I'm good. So that's the one thing I would say going forward that I, that I learned and that I will continue to make sure that I, that I do is to make sure that I take care of me and make me a priority. Because if I can't be the best of myself, then I can't give the best of myself to others, to my job, to my coworkers, to my family, to anyone else. Because if I'm not happy, then I can't, you know, be the best version of myself to others. What an awesome lesson. And that is a perfect way to answer that question. I mean, I think maybe for all of us, in order to be the best you, you need to prioritize you. And of course, for us, and I would like to think for all of our listeners, exercise is part of that. Fitness is part of that. And my goodness, there are going to be seasons well after this pandemic and that have nothing to do with 2020 where that's going to get challenged. Go back and listen to what D2 just indicated. Remind yourself every single time, I need to prioritize this. I need to absolutely prioritize me if I'm going to be that best version of myself. Yeah, I mean, and I do want to clarify because I, I do remember... You know, when I was training for an Ironman and there's a lot of things that, you know, they, you know, people would say, it's like, oh, you need to be selfish. You need to make yourself a priority. And I never liked that idea of, of that you need to make yourself up so much of a priority and to be selfish about reaching that goal. If you have family, if you, if you have other responsibilities, I'm not saying don't, you know, don't take care of them or, or neglect them, but do make yourself higher up on that prior list that you got to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. To some it's degree, good. you were doing it for others, right? You mentioned your coworkers. Exactly. You your yeah. You mentioned these other individuals who are going to be far better off if you did this. Right. So I, you know, I just want to make sure that that's, it's not, you know, it's not taken in the wrong context that, you know, taking care of yourself as a priority doesn't mean you forget about everyone else. It just means that you're doing the best that you can for yourself so you can be better for others and not necessarily use the terms like being selfish to meet your goals or whatever. It's like you got to take care of yourself, you know. Um, and, you know, I think there's 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 a, either a saying or a meme or something I've seen that, you know, you, 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 can, you can only pour from a full cup. And so you got to consistently your cup needs to be full. You can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're empty, you can't pour that into others. Great point. That is that is so true. And and thinking about this same question in terms of what we don't want to forget, you know this and you alluded to a couple of these considerations, D2. You know, for us as an organization, the reality is is, you know, we've had core values since 2014. And for those of you who have been kind enough to shop with us or be aware of our existence since even prior to that, we made, and heck, we've mentioned, I believe on small business episodes in the past, 
our decision not to write core values until we got to our 10-year mark. So that's why those core values were written in 2014. But there were two that became particularly prevalent in our day-to-day in those daily conversations that you've already referenced. And yet, I will say, if you have personal principles, if you have your own core values, my goodness, this is the type of scenario where you determine whether or not they have been constructed in bedrock. And the reason I say that, our number one core value, our best business asset is our team, drove so many decisions. What you talked about in terms of things you need to do that our system, our leadership team ultimately needed to not just put in motion, but figure out and ultimately execute, that had to do with always choose service excellence. And people say, how difficult was it through these months, especially that six to eight week period when we were closed? Yeah, it was incredibly difficult. There were lots of moments that I would fully admit no idea what was going to happen next or quite frankly, if what we were suggesting or ultimately deciding was right. But to know that they, those decisions, those conversations were grounded in putting those core values front and center made it easy. It's like, we've got these options. There might be two of them. There might be 22. How many of them align with our core values? And once you winnow those down, or once you realize there's only one choice, it makes it easy. It may or may not be something that be feels easy or becomes simple immediately, but it makes it so much easier. And that's a lesson I'll take with me from this year. Well, yeah, I mean, and now I'm throwing a question back at you because I know that, you know, as you say, it makes it easy, but I know that during that time period, it could not have been easy. There had to be a level of uncertainty, not knowing what was going on. You know, the fact that you were responsible for, you know, not only the business and the organization, but, you know, about 100 employees that to a certain extent you're taking care of because you employ them. That's how they pay their rent, you know, and, and, you know, they get their groceries and things like that. So I know that had to weigh heavy on you. Um, and it couldn't have been easy. So, you know, tell me kind of what you were going through and what was going through your mind. Um, because I've joked about it is that, you know, you're, you've got a little bit more gray than you did. I think, you know, prior to March. Well, I I have to say you joke about it, but it has woken me up because I look at pictures from literally 12 months ago and I wasn't nearly as gray. So it may or may not be a joke, but it's certainly something we can laugh at now. And Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, more gray necessarily makes me, you know, a person that's less likely to live out my full life or not quite as... It might just make you wiser because (laughs) of the experience. I'm not convinced that's true, (laughs) but I'm willing to live with the extra grays. And if people are like, man, you got gray really quickly, I'd be like, yeah, well, that's what 2020 did to a few of us. But, you know, you're right. It's a really thoughtful question. It wasn't easy to walk it out. It was easy to say, this is the right thing to do. And, And so let's be super, super clear When we talk about our best business asset as our team, that is everyone who is part of our organization. And yet at the same time, when this got to the point where we were closed now for four weeks, we had to make a decision. And that decision was we were going to continue to compensate fully our leadership team. That included all of our store management, 
included our directors. It included those who were full-time with benefits, obviously in salaried positions. But we had to furlough all of those who were essentially what most organizations or retailers call associates. We call them guest advocates because that's truly what they do. They advocate on behalf of our guests for the lifestyle, for the reasons that they came in to visit, and we had to furlough them. And I will tell you, for those who are curious, whether the payroll protection made a difference to a business like ours, it absolutely did. And I didn't get it at first. I still remember, in fact, I can remember exactly where I was when I made the decision to go to furlough for everyone, given our stores were closed, who was not part of the leadership team. Again, it was easy to say our best business asset is our team. Our leadership team, of course, is the pinnacle of that best business asset. We are not going to furlough them. We are not going to reduce their compensation. We are not going to make things harder than they already are for these individuals. But turning the other 70 plus individuals over to the Georgia Department of Labor and the PPP was incredibly difficult. But in hindsight now, seeing the way that it played out, sometimes some would say maybe even too generously, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to take that as something that is true. I don't know. I've not peeled the onion back enough layers, but I will tell you it made a huge difference as I got three, four, certainly five or six weeks into it to see, okay, there is income coming to these individuals that we ultimately had to furlough. But my goodness, was that a really, really tough decision. And you mentioned the daily video conferences that we were doing. D2, I kind of missed those. <laughs> you know, I don't miss the fact that we were on the phone sometimes for 120 minutes or more, mm-hmm. or that it was because our stores were not open and what we would oftentimes be doing on those days were not items that we could still do. But just to be able to get together, I think there were those days for sure. Everybody said, this is the best part of our day, just to lay eyes on each other and to say, you know what? What we're going to talk about, it matters. It is going to determine what next week looks like, perhaps what the fate of this business looks like. So, so many lessons. None of them come easy but so many lessons that are now going to make things easier in the future. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there there were times there where, you know, you do get kind of like that Zoom fatigue or virtual call fatigue <laughs> or whatever, you know, depending on what platform you're on. Um, but there, for those of, of us that, you know, maybe don't get a lot of social interaction because we already work from home, um, to not be able to actually go out, you know, and interact with our team members at a store. Um, that was, I would say that was a bit of a challenge um, because, you know, for me, I live by myself. I'm single. So to not have any actual interaction with someone, um, you know, you can only do that for so long. And, you know, for me, it, it's every once in a while, I was like, oh, I need to go visit a store. Or I need to go, you know, and I'll, I'll go and do that and just have a conversation with someone in the store or work the floor or pick up a guest or whatever it may be. But you're having that conversation. So having those daily calls was that part for me. So I did sort of kind of in, enjoy it. At the same time, there was that part of me, I was like, I wish this was in person because the the video thing just didn't really work for well, me. Well, I think another lesson then that I'll, I'll call out for everyone, I know it was true for me, is gosh, don't take what you have right now or what you had perhaps in February of this year, a year ago, for granted. And knowing that that is something that is so easy to say, 
but not always easy to actually live out. Just soak in that for a second. Because I still remember, D2, there were times that I would go into some of our stores all by myself in the middle of what would have been operating hours. Right. And just stand there and look around. And it would practically bring me to tears because there was nothing. No sound, no team members, nobody coming through the door. And it wasn't so much as like, gosh, look at all this inventory that needs to be paid for. It was just, this was a place that not that long ago brought a sense of excitement and promise and potential. And now it's just silent. And it's just so unbelievably different. And now I know I won't take that for granted again. When I am in the stores before we open, sometimes I'm there, quite frankly, before the sun comes up to get something done. I smile because I know in mere hours, this will be a busy, lively, energetic, enthusiastic environment. And I won't take that for granted again. Right. I mean, and, and you know, for, you know, for those that kind of wondering, it's like, oh, well, how is Big Pete's doing? You know, we were, we were, I, I would say, I don't say lucky, um, but I would say we were well situated um, because we had an e-commerce platform. Um, and I'll pat myself on the back because I managed that, you know, in years past, you know, in, in getting that set up because a lot of our business during that time when we were closed came through e-commerce, you know. And although I don't oversee that anymore and it's moved on, it's it continues to be a, a main part of our business. So we did, we did well um, through that uh, time period when we were actually closed and then sort of started transitioning back to opening up stores and we continued to do well on e-commerce and you know it still remains to be seen you know for us and maybe other retailers where whether e-commerce ends up being where all, the majority of the business or a larger percentage of our business goes because that has now been sort of kind of the norm will people continue to go in the stores will we be able to get those people that you know, shopped online to come back into the stores. And that's an unknown, not only for us, but I think for any other retailer that has seen a significant amount of growth through e-com. So, you know, I think that's one of the things I think, you know, peeling back the layers, people are kind of wondering, I was like, well, how is Big Pete's doing? How, how are you guys doing? Are, are you guys okay? You know, you know, what's going on? So, you know, that question I throw to you as, as well, our leader. Let's be very specific and obviously you know this i mean this is the 100th episode this is no reason not to peel back that curtain and say here's what is going on and, and you're right the importance of ecom the importance of the work that you did to kind of set the foundation the my goodness what i would just simply say head start or running start we had we were already moving in the direction of quickly accelerating our ecom competencies or our e-commerce competencies when this year started and thank goodness for that because we already had that head start we were not flat-footed when our stores closed we already had things in motion that we were able to kind of turn a fl uh, flip a switch and just kind of get going very very quickly the other thing is the simple knowledge that and here's the reality you know it was hundreds of thousands of dollars for some of you who work for big 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 organizations that's a drop in the bucket for an organization our size to have that particular period when we're closed even though we feel good about the e-commerce even though we feel good about some of those shipments that were done through virtual fittings and ultimately were products that were mailed out to those guests who were willing to support us and needed product the reality was we were in a hole that was hundreds of thousands of dollars not just versus 
versus where we had been last year at the same time, but quite frankly, from forecasts and budgets that had been set and to some degree spent, right? So then you go to the reopening, you come through the remainder of the year, and the truth is that I believe we will actually be flat to slightly up versus 2019. Now, the asterisk that goes with that and D2 that you know and that you set the stage so well is it has changed in the past as recently as 2019 less than three percent of our business was done anywhere outside of our stores that includes the peachtree health and fitness expo that includes our e-commerce that includes our big peach on wheels in 2020 by the time this year concludes i believe approximately 15 percent of our business will be done in areas outside of our stores that includes those same business units. Of course, there was no health and fitness expo associated with the AJC mm-hmm. Peachtree Road Race. So knowing that that is true, we've got to just think about our business differently. But the heartbeat of our business remains what goes on inside our stores. That's where our investments will be. And that's part of why I'm so amped up about what can be in the future based on the lessons we've learned this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, I think we've all have had to adapt and you know it's great that you know that you know that we had so many people that either decided that they wanted to run that they decided to get more active because they had more time um because they were working from home or because you know they decided that they were gonna have a you know set up a gym at home because they weren't going into gyms well the reason is we have seen crisis right there were people who I know were impacted by seeing this health crisis play out that had to accept they had not done a good job of taking care of themselves and this inspired them to do so. Not because it made them immune from the coronavirus or it gave them some level of security that they couldn't have found elsewhere, but they had to admit that we're in the midst of a health crisis. And if you think about individually, how well are you managing your own health? I think a lot of people said, not as well as I should. Right. And I do, I mean, I, I think that for the most part, I think that for those that found themselves working from home, which I think at the very beginning of the pandemic was a large majority of people, is that they found that they had extra time. Even if they were working at all, right? There were plenty of people who were at exactly. home who unfortunately were not even working. Exactly. Um, and, you know, having, you know, having more time because you're not commuting, having more time just in general, and maybe you were unemployed, maybe you were furloughed, and hopefully you're back to working or, you know, um, you know, figuring a way to get back to, 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 to a job because I know that unemployment is still high. Um, but the fact is that I, I think, they, you know, most people probably had that same type of thought that I did when I sort of became unemployed as well back in 2009, you know, when another depression happened and it was one of those things where I thought it's like, you know what? My excuse was that if I had more time, if I can make my own schedule, I would be in better shape. I remember you saying that and you made good on that. Right. And I did as soon as I was like, okay, well I'm unemployed. I am now a entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. I can make my own schedule. I made a point of saying, I am going to run. I am going to make it a lifestyle. And that started in 2009 and I've kept up with it. And I do hope that that has been the case for most people and that, you know, when things do go back to normal um, and that hopefully, you know, you still are able to make time 
to take care of yourself, that a commute to your job, um, you know, to and from does not pull that time away, um, you know, that you've now have become accustomed to, that you protect that time and saying, this is my me time. This is my time to stay active, to be healthy, to enjoy these things. And it's because of all of you that, you know, us as, you know, being in this type of business and for many other, um, you know, businesses like ours that are in running, that are in cycling and, and, you know, those that are doing home fitness have done so well right now is because of you, because you have taken the time to take care of yourselves. Um, and for that, we're grateful for, um, we've been able to survive, um, this and regardless of being closed and the, and the hurdles we've had and, the you know, the changes we've had to make, it is because of all of you out there that are making fitness, in your health, a priority that we are where we're at now and that we are going to close out, you know, the year 2020 um, in good shape, that we will continue to operate as a business going forward because of all of you. Well, and I mean, the reality is, and you hearken back now to some things you already said about taking care of yourself. And I think we need to reiterate that every time we can. And what most of our listeners who have tuned into multiple episodes already know, our mission, right? To grow, to support, to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle. We would never ask for a pandemic to assist us right. in growing that pedestrian active lifestyle. But in fact, that is what has happened as more people have said, I'm going to start walking, I'm going to start running and you're not always going to get it right. And some weeks are going to be better than others. And whether it's us as an organization or you as an individual, whether it has to do with our fitness routine or being our best selves, as D2 has already alluded to, I'm going to pull this out. You know, most of the time D2, you and I are reading leadership or business or personal growth books. I do a little bit of a book club with our general manager and Decatur. He now is our area general manager for both our Decatur and Kennesaw stores. For those of you who know FDV, certainly indicate to him that you want to get his reading recommendations. Meditations. Marcus Aurelius, right? He is kind of our stoic in the group. He is our philosopher on our leadership team. And so we've been going through this and I read this because it's not new guidance. It's not advice we haven't heard. It's not stuff that you and I have not seen in those personal growth areas that we track, we follow, we listen to. Here's what Marcus Aurelius said to himself as a journaling exercise back in 200 AD, right? So here we are almost 2000 years later, mm -hmm. later, not to feel exasperated or defeated or despondent because your days aren't packed with wise and moral actions, but to get back up when you fail to celebrate behaving like a human, however imperfectly, and fully embrace the pursuit that you've embarked on. So when we think about 2021 and the fact that now you're going to get busy again or things may go back to what they were to some degree at the beginning of 2019, you have embarked on this pursuit of taking better care of yourself. It's not going to be perfect. You're a human being. We are all of us human beings who are imperfect. My goodness, get back up and stay after it. That's what we're doing as an organization. And certainly for all of us trying to be our best self that D2 alluded to, this is wisdom that is ancient, but so applicable to the present. Well, yeah, I mean, and that goes back to, you know, just different sayings of, you know, you know like Thomas Edison, you know, however many times he failed, 
you know, inventing the light bulb. It's it's all those times that he learned how not to do a light bulb, awesome. right? Yep. And so we have to continue and we have to look for those opportunities where we fail because we learn from it. We pick ourselves back up and, you know, we improve, we get better. Um, and it leads to different opportunities. And, you know, one of our, you know, you and I have discussed it. And I don't know if you've seen the recent episode. Emmanuel Ocho recently got trolled by someone online that said, oh, he failed when he was playing with the Eagles. He got cut and this and that, right? And instead of firing back and being defensive about it, you know, he came back and says, you're right. He goes, I'm going to look at it. And it's like, yes, I failed. But that was one of my favorite failures because it opened up opportunities for him to host his own, you know, YouTube channel where he talks about, you know, racial injustice and, and inequity. So so to, let's go there. I mean, that's the second headline right. of the year, right? There are plenty of headlines. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, but he did that and because he failed as, you know, in the NFL, he has, you know, he's moved on. He's now, you know, I guess an analyst and doing things for ESPN and some other things. But he also ended up having time then to write a New York Seller's best, you know, you know, list, right? You know, he's on that New York Seller's best list, you know, book club. So there's things that he failed at, but he used that opportunity to move forward. And I think that's something we can all kind of learn is that failure doesn't mean defeat. Failure means a learning opportunity. Failure, you know, is a way to kind of say, okay, this did not work. And whether it's, you know, business, whether it's personal, whether it's health, you learn from it and you adapt and you get back up and you keep going. So you already mentioned, I mean, he's a perfect segue, what you just indicated, awesome way for us yep. to transition to the other major headline. Absolutely worth discussing. In summation, as we think about, my goodness, how is the COVID-19 pandemic, Big Peach Running Company, we're going to be around. 2021, I believe could be our best year ever. Not because we're not going to have some of the same challenges that we had this year. And certainly there is truth to the fact that we're not going to get caught off guard by it, right? We now are in our stride during this. And certainly there are headlines that give us optimism that things could be different by, you know, late spring or certainly the middle part of the year, or certainly by fourth quarter. And we are going to embrace that and say, my goodness, we are going to have a great year because we're so much better prepared to deal with what's going on right now and some of the things that are going to return to more of what we used to know is only in our favor. So we are going to be around. Thank you for everything that you've done to support us. Gosh, for all the prayers and just the encouragement that you've given us, we cannot thank you enough for that. It has mattered so much. And personally, I will never be able to express deeply enough my genuine enthusiasm and appreciation for how communities and this lifestyle and all of the participants in it come together when it matters most. And it has absolutely mattered. But D2, you mentioned racial injustice. And that was the other headline that, of course, took our breath away. Mm -hmm. literally and figuratively this summer and this year. So as we kind of walk into this particular consideration, I'm going to give you another question. How are you feeling? We're taping this before the year ends. There's so much work that has to be done, even though there have been so many stories and there's been so much, you know, noise and, and what some would say, even indication, hints of progress. How are you feeling about what could be a much better 
outcome relative to racial equity than what we've ever known before? Wow, that's uh, that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, there's a side of me that wants to be optimistic, and there's a side of me that's skeptical. Um, and you know, there's a side of me, like I said, of optimism when you know, when you know, four years ago, you know, we saw um, you know, our first black president leave office of the United States, right? And you know. Eight years prior to that was historic as him being the first. And you think, okay, well, this is a difference, right? There's there's change happening. You know, there's some form of racial equality because they've reached the highest level of our government office, right? And then, you know, we've had things like George Floyd and, and you know, Breonna Taylor and all these other, um, you know, tragic events that have, have occurred and it sort of kind of brings you down a little bit, you know, and you don't really know kind of what to make of it. And you think of things of like Charlottesville and some of these protests and, you know, these individuals that don't really see movements like Black Lives Matter as being um, important. They see it more as um, political agendas as opposed to more of human rights type of issues. Um, that is concerning. And at the same time, you know, here we are going into 2021 and we have Kamala Harris who will be our first, you know, female, you know, black mixed, you know, vice president, you know, to hold the second highest office in our government. You're like, well, that's progress, right? So there's optimism there. And then there's other things that just kind of make you a little bit skeptical um, weary and, and at the same time, I would say, you know, um, deflated, but at least that there's still work to be done, um, that there, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and I don't really know kind of what that is necessarily. I think it's higher up than where, where we're at as an organization, but I know that we play a part in that with the people that we hire, with the people that we interact with on a daily basis that walk into our doors, we are part of that to make racial equality better for those. And I'm not sure exactly where, um, what that role is, but I do know that we need to become more aware of it, that it needs to be more top of mind um, and something that we need to think about more often. And I think we are doing that based on the images that we are putting on social media, that we are showing representation, that um, that the individuals that, you know, if we have a fashion show, that we are inclusive, that if we're highlighting some of our apparel, that it is that we are showing individuals of mixed races that we are inclusive, but you know, it's not just race, but it's about body type and images and, and just gender and all that. I think we're becoming better or more aware of that. I think we've done it in the past, but I think as an organization, we are now doing a better job of it. And I hope that that continues for many, 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 many years. Well, and the reality is, is yes, it is just us as a small organization is just us in this one market but to your point it can matter it can make a difference and 
that's one of the things that I'm encouraged by is we've made some progress. We've got so much work to do as an organization, so much work to do. We've admitted that mm -hmm. even on this podcast, D2, yep. if you look at the number of people we have been willing, we're at episode 100, maybe 101 if you take that one with Jake <laughs> that we had to dump based on the pandemic. But if you look at the number of times we said in the first 75 episodes, hey, you're black. What's it like to be black and part of the pedestrian active lifestyle? What's it like to be black and involved in, you know, this industry? Was I think it was zero. Right. In the last 25, it's a pretty frequent curiosity. It's a question that we raise. And I will tell you, my level of comfort with it has increased exponentially. If you'd have told me, you know, I need to talk to people like Samia Akbar or Talia Brooks or, quite frankly, Ed Walton or Tony Price and say, look, you're black. That would not have been my thing right. at the beginning of 2020. And then have a question fall out of my mouth afterwards, expecting them to answer it very transparently and forthright, I would have never thought that's it. Now, my goodness, it's so easy for me to do that. In fact, I get geeked out about the opportunity. I can tell y'all who have been listening for us for a while, you're going to get more of that in 2021 because we want to keep this issue at the forefront. And we want to be, even if it's just in this market, in our small organization, we want to be a change agent because we believe it can matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got to start somewhere. And, you know, that's one of the things that I would say that I'm, I'm really proud of this organization and proud of you because it was one of those things that when this all happened and, you know, it started a little bit with, you know, social media as far as truly getting the word out there with the, you know, blackout, you know, and then, you know, the messaging that was going out there. It was one of those things that I was like, for me, my core value was we need to do the right thing. And I think as an organization, this is the right thing to do. And to go on a social media, to raise awareness and support for Black Lives Matter and for racial inequality, inequality, and not have to go to you and saying, is this okay? Am I going to get fired if I do this? You know, is this the right messaging? And then to do that and say, all right, I'm doing it. I think this is the right thing to do. And... I don't think Michael have a problem with it. And then to go back, you know, a couple of days later, a week later, when you and I finally got together and saying, no, absolutely. Yes, this is where we stand. We absolutely, that is the right message. Truly let me know that I am in the right organization um, and proud of the work that we're doing and, um, and that we hold these, um, you know, values and beliefs of, you know, not only what we would say, or oh, these are our core values, but just values in general, just human decency. And to me, that is, is one of the reasons why I love Big Peach Running Company. Well, I love the fact that you brought up human decency because that's where it should start, right? That's where it should start is just an acknowledgement that human decency. And you could go back to Marcus Aurelius again. I could pull that out and be like, wow, that was alive again so long mm -hmm. ago. And yet, is it alive in our own lifestyle that we serve? Is it alive in the industry in which we participate? And there are way too many indicators that human decency isn't. And I love still, heck, we had that opportunity. Thank you, all of you who participated in our United Tea to be able to give real money to the Partnership for Southern Equity. And what Nathaniel indicated 
the difference between equality and equity. We are in pursuit of equity. And if you're not familiar with that particular organization, here's another reminder. We've given it many occasions before. Check them out, Partnership for Southern Equity. Look at one of their quadrants, which is very much health. It aligns so much with what we're trying to do. But we needed them to take the scales off of our eyes to realize we were not doing it so that it was fully inclusive, so that we were reflective of our mission to grow, to support, to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle, and that includes everyone, not just those who are an easy drive from one of the places where we may have put a store. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's been an incredible year, and, uh, you know... <laughs> As we, as you know, kind of looking forward, I mean, we, we moving down the year, you know, there's things that have continued to occur that, um, you know, we've had to make changes. I mean, obviously the cancellation or at first the postponement of the Peachtree Road Race, I guess it wasn't truly canceled. Um, it was postponed um, because of the pandemic. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you don't want 60, 65,000 people congregating down Peachtree, you know, and that was, I mean, that was a huge disappointment, I, I know, for the Atlanta community, for the Atlanta running community, um, because it's it's been a tradition for over 50 years. And, you know, that got moved and says, well, maybe we'll have it in person in on Thanksgiving Day, and that eventually became, you know, a virtual race. And, you know, that at the same time, you know, made us kind of change things because we were hopeful that we would have an expo. I mean, we had plans back in, you know, early at the beginning of the year that we would have an expo. We were in discussions about getting a space and what the space was going to look like back in, in January. And um, we're looking at orders and what's the layout going to be and looking at, you know, the, you know what we did last year versus what, we're, what we were planning on doing this year. And then that didn't happen. And we were looking at a a training program that we were going to do for free in order to support those that were running the Peachtree Road Race. And that didn't happen um, the way we wanted it to. Um, it, we decided to go virtual. And it's one of those things I was like, well, you know, do we, do we do it? Do we cancel it? And we're like, well, people still want to train. People still want to go out and run. And we, and with the, you know, the numbers that we saw, the number of people that were, looking to run to get active to walk and to exercise just kind of solidified the decision that we should continue with it and we should do it virtual and so we did that and then um you know when it got postponed in november it's like okay well let's do it again you know those people same people are going to need a program we don't want to give up on them and say okay well you got done in july the rest you know you're 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 all good until from july through you know till november it's like no let's do it again let's provide a program and we and we did so and you know once again going into publics not knowing for next year for 2021 whether that was happening and as soon as the track club made the announcement that they were going to have an in-person race although different location different experience by doing wave starts and um doing it in a in a much more uh open area um and limiting the number of of, of participants you know it's like okay well this is an opportunity because i know people are craving to go beyond to do a half marathon or even a marathon distance because everyone up to this point had been doing virtual 5ks and 10ks so people are like going, I'm enough. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can do a 10K. I want that next step. I want that challenge. So we decided to go and offer, you know, a half marathon, marathon training program, which we're 
currently in the middle of. Um, and, you know, and we're looking at ways of saying, okay, well, maybe we do group runs. Maybe we do something more organized. We're looking at ways of serving those individuals because we know that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to go out and maybe run three miles if you're brand new to it. It becomes very difficult to, for that accountability, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, to say, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run eight miles. And I'm going to do that on my own. It becomes easier when there's accountability and saying, well, we are as a group are going to meet and we're going to run the eight miles. You know, it makes it that much easier because the accountability to push through that when you say, well, you know, I'd rather just sleep in or I'd rather, you know, maybe I'll put it off tomorrow and then tomorrow happens and yeah, I don't want to do it. And then, you, you know, you keep pushing off and you never complete the program as it was meant to be and you show up on race day unprepared so that's those are things that we're working at we want to support those of you that are committed to it but you know sometimes your commitment needs support and that's what we're trying to do through these training programs is to provide that support so we're working on those things and we're trying to adapt and and provide you know some level of service and support to those of you that are that are that are committed to doing uh, you know that distance. Oh, I love that term support, and that's what that training program is for sure. But that's really what our organization is. We're there to support. Again, the term guest advocate indicates that we are there to advocate, which of course is a fancier way of saying support. It also D two, and you've drawn this out for us. You've lived it out based on the contributions you've made. We are capable of change. Before we go to a break. I'm not going to give you my words. I'm going to give you two series of words. First of all, I had not planned on indicating this already mentioned with my new book club partner, FTV. I'm going to hearken a word change. That's what we had to do. We had to change the training program. So for those of you who are like, man, give me more Marcus Aurelius. Here you go. But it's not going to be the last that I quote from elsewhere before we go to a break. But first, here's Marcus Aurelius, again, almost 2,000 years away or from where we are right now today. Constant awareness that everything is born from change. That's what he wants. Constant awareness that everything is born from change. The knowledge that there is nothing nature loves more than to alter what exists and make new things like it. Think about that just in the somewhat minor, maybe even insignificant context of a training program. Nothing more nature loves than to alter what exists and make new things like it. All that exists is the seed of what will emerge from it. You think about our training programs, the conversations that we're having, even as recently as this evening, think about the seeds of now what we're talking about because of the way that we had to change it this year. You think only the seeds are the ones that make plants or children go deeper, he suggests for us. And that's what we're doing. And how many things have you, our listeners, our friends, had to change this year? And you went deeper, and yet you can go deeper still in 2021. I know there is a possibility for change. We're talking about the coronavirus and the pandemic. We're talking about not just racial injustice, but ultimately what can be perceived and achieved as racial equity. This is something that has been so, not just beneficial to me, but has been so encouraging with what has been 
a requirement for Big Peach Running Company to be better in this arena. And it comes from Martin Luther King Jr. in his letter from a Birmingham jail. And I've indicated this elsewhere. I know it is out there with the Atlanta Track Club in a conversation that Rich Kana and I had. I have shared this with many of my colleagues in the industry. We shared this in our mid-year meeting with our entire organization. But I want everybody to hear this and think about it and perhaps even continue to think about it into this break that we're going to take. And as we come back and we look at 2021, Martin Luther King Jr., back in 1963, my goodness, 57 years ago, said this, time itself is neutral. It can be used either destructively or constructively. More and more, I, again, MLK Jr., feel that the people of ill will, the people of ill will have used time much more effectively than have the people of goodwill. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. And I am absolutely willing to admit that I was part of that appalling silence, considering myself, considering our organization good. And continuing to be silent would be appalling, especially with the wake-up call that we got through painful lessons and indications this year. So as we go to a break, and as we think about the possibilities of where change this year can maybe be commonplace, standard practice next year, and yet make us better, as we think about the importance of ensuring there's legacy to 2020 and all the pain and challenge that has come with it, and yet the ability to transfer appalling silence to what would be meaningful action, I ask you to be part of it. And certainly we will be right back after this brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We are coming down the home stretch D2. It is not only the 100th episode, it is the final episode of 2020. We had a good time talking about this year. Hard to believe it is absolutely the home stretch 2021 my goodness dude we'll be here in no time at all and i think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what it's like to peek into the future and know that 2021 is so close and yet is so unknown in terms of what it will bring so we're going to take our best guesses at what that might be and more importantly i'm going to start you off with my question to you what are you amped up about for next year 
Oh, wow. Um, I think, I, I mean, I think my first real in-person race. Um, so I signed up for the Publix Half Marathon. And my last real in-person race was the Publix Half Marathon. So it would be a year almost to the Half day. Anniversary. Yeah, almost a year <laughs> to the day. Um, and granted, it's not the exact same setup. It's not in Central Olympic Park. Different. <laughs> yeah, it's not Central Olympic Park. It's down at Atlanta Motor Speedway, which I think is a cool experience anyway. It's just something different. Um, and it might be the only time that that's done that way. Um, so I wanted to do that. I wanted to go out and um, to do a half marathon distance again. I, you know, because races have been canceled, everything I've been doing has been more 5K, 10K, you know, distance. Um, I have done um, some virtual races. Are you able to remind our listeners when that race takes place this next spring? It's February 28th. So it's still early, similar to what it was with the Olympic trials. Yes. When we, so that's okay. Because it's not leap year, it's not the 29th. And yeah. I, that I had to remind myself. So it's February 28th. The 5K that they're having is February 27th. So the night before, and then the 28th is the uh, half and full marathon. So we're on holiday break in the research department, no show notes for this episode. <laughs> so you better mark that down because we are not sending you a link. And there it is. D2 once again has given us information we need. Everything is based on memory at this point. <laughs> and I will say that we are probably on our second beer. Um, you know, obviously we're celebrating, probably. we're celebrating a hundred episodes. So, you know, celebratory, you know, adult beverages here. <laughs> um, so, um, so I, I am looking forward to that. I mean, we've we've all been doing virtual races. We've all been doing these things that have kind of kept us, um, you know, active. And I will say, you know, one of the things that happened to me this year um, in 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 running is is I did get injured um, sometime in July, and I was uh, unable to run for about five to six weeks. Um, and so I ended up doing a lot more strength training and cycling. And that made me only appreciate running more, um, you know, once I was able to do so. And once again, I started slowly and gradually kind of picking up. And in doing so, um, one of the things that motivated me to get back into running uh, consistently was doing a virtual type of race. And that was part of the Atlanta Grand Prix series that I signed up for. And we had both uh, Justin and Kate Arsenault. On our podcast, I can't recall the episode you made. Doesn't matter. Remember. It won't yeah. be in the show notes. It there won't are be no the show, show notes. notes coming. Go check it out. Justin and Kate were awesome. Atlanta Grand Prix. That is also out there yep. for you to search yourself. And and they um, are proprietors of Runner who do running hats and, and shirts and apparel as well. Available at Big Peach Running Co. If you want your own link, you can find it. Send it to your friends since there are no show notes. Exactly. So... Um, so that w that motivated me, and it was interesting because it allowed me to run in different places around the city that maybe I'd run before, but you know maybe because it was a course on a on a race, um, but to do so on my own it was something I probably had not considered, and so to run in various parts of the city was very cool to do, and it kept me motivated uh, every two weeks to go out and run these courses and to truly go out and do my best. And I will say that that did pay off. Um, apparently I am 
the champion, you know, as nice. far as on the masters. And you're running strong right now, so yeah. you've got some carryover. Yeah, so I, I currently hold masters um, first place in that. So uh, apparently, I'm, I'm there's there is a trophy which I will pick up here in a couple of days. Number um, one in your hearts, number one in the results. So that that I mean, but that just goes to show you that you know, even coming off of an injury, sometimes that break is kind of good, um, and just getting back into something. So for me, getting back into a um, a real race, even though it will be slightly different. It's something I'm looking forward to. I am training with our current uh, participation in the uh, Run ATL training program for the half marathon. Um, so, you know, I feel good right now. I feel very amped and pumped about the possibilities of, of a PR um, for that race. So those are things that I'm looking forward uh, to. And then at the same time, you know, you know, maybe a actual Peachtree next year. Don't know what the, you know, hopefully sometime next year we'll get some sort of announcement, some sort of news or hint of what is occurring with that next year. The great news is that as of the release of this episode, um, which is, you know, December 28th, at this point we have already um, got confirmation that a vaccine has been delivered and has, has been distributed here in the state of Georgia. Um, so that is good news. There is that light at the end of the tunnel, and I do think that's a term that's going to be used frequently, just like pivot and unprecedented that we've all gotten <laughs> tired of. Um, so, you know, light at the end of the tunnel will probably be the next phrase that will be um, need to be retired. Um, so there is there is hope. There is things that are coming down the line that I think that we can look forward to. And I do think 2021 will be an improvement over 2020. Um, so those are things that I'm looking forward to, um, is that first race to do that in person that I, I haven't done in, in a year. Um, and then hopefully do more. So I, I would say that for me, I'm really looking forward to going back after missing a year of the big Pete sizzler of truly doing a big, big Pete sizzler and the way we did it in 2019. If y'all want to do us a favor, send us a note, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. D2 indicated his sentiments. Would really curious how y'all who have done events in the past are feeling now after so many, what I would say, too many months of not having those available to us, at least in the same fashion or the same volume of options that we've had previously. Where is your head on events? Do you think you'll do more to try to make up for what you missed this year? Do you think you'll do less because you're just simply out of that habit or that's something that somehow you've been able not only to survive without, but somehow have kind of forgotten about? Or will it be back to what was normal for you? If you have some sentiments on your likelihood of participating in events in 2021, would love to get those. We obviously work with a lot of different race directors and event organizers. Your opinion would be so helpful. Send that to us again, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. D2, also you mentioned to me before we fired up the mic, travel, you're looking forward to doing a little bit of, maybe it's the pedestrian active lifestyle, maybe it's just out and about, but kind of getting out of Atlanta on occasion as well. Yeah, I mean, in 2019, I had um, started to do a, a bit more traveling. I had gone out to Colorado and had um, paced a friend uh, out at Leadville. Um, and that ended up not working out. She got injured before I even got a chance to pace her. But it was great to go out and to experience and to run out in Colorado to um, just to see 
different parts of the of, of our country. And later that year, I ended up going out to Utah and doing a series of uh, races out there over a weekend, um, primarily trail running, but to be out in Bryce, Zion, Grand Canyon, and to see that and to experience that um, as a runner um, over several hours and to see the beauty that's out there was really something that I, I look forward to. And it was one of those things where one of the reasons I, I ended up doing that trip was um, there was a friend of mine who got diagnosed with, with cancer um, a couple times. And, you know, she ended up extending her life by doing, you know, um, you know, a different type of treatment that were experimental. And she actually passed, um, actually on my last day leaving Salt Lake City. And I did not get a chance to see her while she was in Salt Lake City. And she lived... Her last five years, she lived more than most people would live in their entire life. And that made a huge impact on me to go see the world, to experience life. Um, sort of like you would, you know, like it was your last day. So that made a huge difference to me. And that was one of, one of the things that I was really looking forward to 2020. Mm. I turned 50 um, at the end of 2019. And so 2020 for me was going to be the years like I'm going to live life to the fullest. Yep. And I had, you know, a group of, of friends of mine that I'd known probably for, you know, 25, 20, you know, even 30 years at this point. We've been friends for a long time and living in different parts of the country. We were all going to get together and go up to the Pacific Northwest. And we were going to spend about a week and, you know, hiking and traveling and just, you know, being with their kids and just getting, you know, just getting reacquainted with our friendship and just getting together. And we were unable to do that because of the pandemic. Um, there were things that I wanted to do where I wanted to travel to Europe or maybe travel, um, you know, even within our country and do a cycling type of adventure. And I was unable to do. And so those are things that I'm going in at 2021, you know, the things that I'm really kind of want to go back and saying, OK, you know, life got put on hold in 2020, you know. You know, I, you know, about a month ago, I turned 51 and I was like, okay, I need to get my life back off pause and hit that play button and, and experience life again. And I don't know what exactly that looks like because we don't know what life look, necessarily looks like in 2021, but hopefully there is a, a vaccine that we're able to travel, that there's less restrictions, that we feel safer, um, that we can do some things that we were you know, felt unable to do in 2020. So I look forward to being able to connect with friends, to travel, to visit, um, you know, new locations, new experiences that I was unable to do in, in, in 2020. And um, for me, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. That's kind of what I want is to go back and experience life. That is awesome. I love that phrase. Get your life off on pause. That is so cool, man. Y'all, that is what, I mean, that we could just literally do may your best miles be those covered on foot and just no <laughs> more commentary other than what you just said, our tagline, and then silence. 
So here's what I would offer alongside that. And it's from a little different point of view, but from being alongside both D2 and, and many of you, and that is, what is it that you found to be really special this year that quite frankly wouldn't have been available if there wasn't this pause? And I will say for me, one of the things that is so true, and, and many of you know this, I live a little bit of a dichotomous existence. I've got this unbelievable blessing of Big Peach Running Company as our business here in Atlanta. I have a place in Atlanta that I am a certain amount of time, sometimes a big percentage of my time here in Atlanta by myself away from my family and then my family and I. I have two teenagers. My son just turned 18. My daughter will be 16 not long after this episode airs. So I've got two teenagers who will not be in our home much longer. My wife and I, we celebrated our 21st year earlier this year. So my family and what I would say is truly that priority in my life is in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And so this year, since we moved to Blue Ridge, which was over seven years ago, I've not spent more time in Blue Ridge or with my family than what I have this year. The reality is, is I'm back in Atlanta every week, usually Monday evening or early Tuesday morning. I stay till Thursday late or Friday midday, day trips on the weekends. It works for my family and I. I ask for absolutely no sympathy. It's amazing. If you love to trail run as much as I do, there's not a better place than Fannin County, where over 60% of the county is national forest. There is just certain things I could not do in the city when I have free time up in Blue Ridge. And I love, 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 love the city of Atlanta for so many reasons. Many of them you could guess by listening to this podcast. But being separated from my family and then having this year to be with them more than ever before, gosh, I've realized how many times I've come to Atlanta, or maybe better said, left my family to do things that I could do at least as effectively from Blue Ridge or from where my family is. And now to have that realization, I can tell you my 2021 with a vaccine, with all of the progress that will certainly occur compared to the challenges of this year will reflect that next year is going to be different than 2019 because there's no reason to just be away from my family for the sake of making a statement or because that's the way it's always been. And that's just super cool for me to have that understanding that I could not have gained without this year. So instead of saying what you just said, Dave, so poet poetically, so perfectly, get your life off, pause, I would agree with that. But I would also say, while you were on pause, while I was on pause, what did you see? What did you learn? What did you observe or ultimately just sense that should be that way from now on? And that's something for me that I know I will take into 2021 and make me better as a father, as a husband, perhaps as a citizen. And if this year would not have happened, I'd have never had the good fortune, the blessing of knowing what I know now. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we're both speaking about, you know, personally, but I think, you know, from professionally, I think mm -hmm. for me, nothing has really changed that much because I primarily work from home. There are some things that I was well, unable to. you bring your to. best every day, right? You right. bring your best. 
Right. Um, but there are things that obviously strategically I couldn't do um, because there are things that we uh, we went into a you know a financial and, and cost cutting you know when everything you know shut down because we didn't know what the situation was going to be like at the end of the end of the year. So professionally, there's some things I was unable to do that maybe like, oh, well, this is on my annual plan. I was going to execute this, this, and this, and this. And I was unable to do that. Um, and that's fine because that's those are things that can be done next year. It's not something that I look at and going, okay, well, you know, I failed or I was unable to do this. Those are things that are beyond my control, um, things that had to happen because of, you know, running a business. And, you know, you and, and discussing, you know, your, your family and, and, and I think for most people, hopefully they found it a blessing and a, you know, benefit to this is that they were able to spend more time with their Divorce family. Divorce rate is, is up big time from what I understand. I mean, there <laughs> are it, some headlines that suggest that that is not true across the board. <laughs> well, you know, I'm single, so I'm not looking at those headlines and, you know, I don't know. Um, and maybe, I hope they are not true. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, 24-hour media cycle, there are a lot of things you need to ultimately write, even if it's only a snapshot of the truth. Yeah. But hopefully most people find that spending time with their family during this was a, a, a good thing and not necessarily a, a bad thing. But, That's where they need to go out for a run like you did. Because exactly. then they can come back to their house, be part of their home, and feel like they're going to deliver right. their best self that day. But professionally, for you, Mike... What are some things that I know that maybe you had planned for this year as a business owner that you're like, I was unable to do things, put things on pause in 2020 that I wanted to do for Big Peach Running Company that I was unable to do? So this is somewhat of a tough question because I can't be as specific as I would like. I mean, the reality is there are things that we put on pause, but what was in motion was somewhat undefined, but here was what was really, really frustrating, I think, for us as an organization, certainly for me as an entrepreneur, and I think for many people who can understand this just as somebody who want to reach what they believe is their potential as an organization or an individual. We had some things going into 2020 that were very much in motion, but yes, were very undefined at the same time. And by the time we were at May 1st, the pause button had been, I mean, it had been stomped on. It was on total pause. And now as we kind of come through this fourth quarter, as we make our way into 2021, they're back on relative to the investigation, the consideration, the evaluation and research that's being done. A couple of things I'll just hint at. We have a, what I would call somewhat groundbreaking concept that we're looking at. I cannot disclose the details right now, especially if it does not come to fruition over the next number of months, but having a new concept that reflects our intent to serve the active lifestyle in and around Atlanta, wow, it's going to be super cool in addition. We've already admitted that we have been too inactive in our ability to support those who are not part of let's just say that traditional demographic that, that, that lives and adds value to the communities where we have stores. Putting a location in a predominantly black neighborhood, that is on the table. Super jacked about that. And it doesn't mean that we're out suggesting that 
my goodness, this is just a charity play. It's because we're going to do a neighbor neighborhood perhaps that doesn't have the same economic report card that somewhere else might. But no, no, no. It's like, man, this is a good business decision as well. There's well, a- I, I do want to interrupt because I, I don't want people to think that that is a decision that's happened because of recent current Thank events. You. That was something that was in play prior to this. this well is a, prior. This has been almost two years in the making. It's just been a lot of decision making and a lot of other players with leasing and agreements and, and partners that we're working at that have sort of kind of delayed things a little bit. Corona definitely delayed things and put that pause button, as we said, stomped on it. Um, so the fact that it's going to be in a predominantly, you know, black neighborhood, you know, does not mean that it's based on current events. That was something that was in play long before all this came to light. And it doesn't mean that we were, you know, out ahead of current events or out ahead of headlines of yesterday, today, and what hopefully will also be a headline of tomorrow in terms of real progress. No, you're absolutely right. And I appreciate you bring, bringing that up. But at the same time, even if it would have been as a result of what we've experienced this year, and for those of you who are thinking about your businesses or your decisions that now you can be more inclusive, I would encourage you, don't feel like there's any shame to say, I was like, well, look, I was really awakened right. by what transpired in the summer of 2020. And so I elected to do something about it in the spring of 2021. That is totally cool. But at the same time, D2 is so right where we've been working on this, quite frankly, since before we got to the midway point of 2019. And that's what's been so frustrating to me and why I'm so ready to get going and get off that pause button in this in this professional arena because it'll be two years. And two years of consideration is a long time. I get there are some things that require decades of research before you decide yes or no. That's not our style, right? We don't just make knee-jerk decisions or react to one thing we hear and immediately elect to pivot or change. That's not us either. But two years of determining, should we do this or should we not? That's way too long. That's way too much time on the pause button. Right. And I mean, we're recording this on, I think it's December 15th. Um, I'm not really sure right now because I can't read my watch. It is the 15th. It is the 15th. Um, So there's still things that are unknown. And And I ask this question fully being aware of what the answer may be and, and aware of the situation. So this is no way, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. There's nothing confirmed at this point. All I can say is for two years, I have been excited. I have been pumped about the possibility of this because it opens up a new area. I, and, and this is so much a tease, and I do want to spill the beans so much. You can't do it, dude. You just can't. I, I can't, um, and we won't. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is such a, 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 a new area that we are venturing into that I think is just complements what we're already doing. Um, and I think is just going to further expand, you know, the way the things that we already do are going to expand into a different area and allow us to take what we've already done over the last 16 years and continue to do it in a different area and do it as well, if not better, um, and service individuals that, let's just say, maybe aren't into running. Wow. And maybe they are into running, and we can still do that. Um, 
but it's for me having various interests in various activities I am pumped about this because I'm a little bit of a geek in some of these different areas that refer to technology and things like that. That um, That's about all I can say right now. Um, and I do hope, I'm crossing my fingers that hopefully by the beginning of the year that we will have an agreement in place and, and you know, move us forward um, in this new venture because I do think it's, it's, it's the next chapter in the the book that is Big Peach Running Company in the business that we are growing here in the city of Atlanta. Oh, here's the the last thing. Oh, you are so good, of course, of just skirting the edges and just kind of <laughs> dancing around. I have not had enough to drink. <laughs> You're really good at it, even with that perhaps being true. But what I will say is, once again, when you think about our mission to grow, support, and enhance an active lifestyle, at the end of the day, it's not because it's like, wow, these individuals on the leadership team at Big Peach Running Company are just so focused on bigger, bigger, bigger. That's not true. Is that satisfying on occasion? Certainly. I believe that it is. I will tell you for me, it certainly is. But it's not what drives us. Go back to that word, to grow. We have no choice if we are going to do mission work. And I believe that both personally and organizationally, we have been called to do this. If we are going to do that mission to grow, we need to have the good fortune, truly a blessing of serving more people tomorrow than what we did today. And with 2021 now literally in the foreview, we think we have the opportunity to make that true and make that mean something. And I believe in what D2 alluded to, that we're not specific right now in detailing, that will be the case. And I believe there will be other opportunities. But what I also believe will be the case, similar to you and similar to what I hope is true for all of our listeners, is that you will look back, whether it is in six months, literally when we are in June of 2021, or whether it's in more years than what some of us might be able to imagine right now, and we'll hear ourselves saying, if it wasn't for 2020, I do not think this would have happened or been the case. The Big Peach Running Company business plan was written as an introduction and the first sentences, the first few pages on September 12th, 2001. Out of tragedy, for sure, was born a possibility and for all of us as individuals, that is the case again. And certainly, as individuals, we have this happen way too frequently, where something does not go our way, where something unimaginable happens. But what we elect to do when the sun comes up the next day, it makes all the difference in the world for the future and for those who follow us. And I believe that we have a bright future that can be even brighter, taking what has been some of the darkness of this year and writing a chapter that provides not only a reason to look back, but a reason to look back and say, this was necessary. Yeah, I, um, like I said, I'm, I'm pumped for 2021. I, you know, recently, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, came out with a new album and, you know, all you guys are Swifties, you know, wow, go. Are there guys who are Swifties? Or I, 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 I apparently I, didn't get that. To, I, I use the term guys, gals as a you know, general term, but, you know, you all go back and look at and have Easter eggs and stuff. And, and maybe I can do a good job as director of marketing to 
hint at some of those Easter eggs coming up once we have everything finalized. Um, I hope I can do a good enough job. Um, hope that this gives you guys a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of hopefulness going into 2021. Um, I know I am hopeful. I know I am amped. I am pumped. I am excited about the possibilities of 2021 and the guests that we'll have on our, our Run ATL podcast. Yep. Got some cool things. And um, and 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 just overall the quality of life, the quality of experiences that we will have going forward now that a vaccine is, you know, you know in view part of what we will experience part of what it will be you know are you know going forward that we can return to a you know what was previously a you know what we referred to as a normal instead of a new normal and it still may be a different normal but it'll be a more accepted normal uh, among all of us um, so that's, I'm, I'm very optimistic about 2021, uh, for, for many, many things, you know, on the business side, on the personal side. Um, so I'm really excited and I, you know, f f for me, you know, it's, you guys are probably listening to this, you know, as it releases on December 28th. And I just want to say, you know, happy new year. I wish all of you a better 2021 than we had in 2020. And for that, I'm grateful. That's awesome. And that is the message we are going to continue to give to you. We'll do it right now. Once again, Happy New Year. Thank you so very much for being part of this. It has been an amazing journey for us. 100 episodes now in the books. One thing that has not changed, not since it was written on that business plan on September 12th, on the cover page, that our mission would be to support, yes, to enhance, yes, but first and foremost, to grow that active lifestyle. And what we said at the bottom of that same cover page, what we tell you right now and what we believe to be true, not just in 2021, but for many, many years to come. And that is that we are absolutely willing to say it is a good day when our best miles are those covered on foot. We wish you that. We wish you the happiest of New Year's celebrations. And with that, we will be back with episode 101 in January of 2021. In the meantime, D2, thank you for everything you do, everything you've done to get us to this point. Unbelievable, my friend. You are a gift for sure. Thank you. And for that, we now, we close. So long, everybody. Again, may your best miles be those covered on foot. Thank you.